Good morning. This week, we're going to deal with uh, how to uh, internalize personal ministry. By internalization, I mean a process, a spiritual process, by which you begin to deal with what's in front of you and how to approach it in prayer and at the same time be able to get to the need much quicker. One of the things that I observed in the ministry of the apostles is the ability to do ministry at a fast rate of speed, meaning i never seen an apostle coming to minister and having an interview. When Peter came in the house of Dorcas, he didn't ask her to fill a questionnaire. He did not ask questions. And we're talking about a woman who was dead. But there's a certain procedure that, uh, that you find in Acts chapter 9. Uh, that makes you to believe that uh, ministry at a short range has, has to have direction and purpose and vision and most of all, uh, uh, leadership of the Holy Spirit. And so I remember my early days when I started uh, uh, thinking that God called me to be an evangelist, that I heard a great sermon in Atlanta. But when it came time for to pray for people, uh, all, all I heard was, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. But there's so much more need that I saw there that, uh, that I felt, felt there was something missing. And I began my process of understanding uh, uh, how in the world can the Holy Spirit at a time of prayer can become more accurate, more specific, more detailed, and not something that somehow is so general and so, and so uh, unconnected to the reality. And so this week, today, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, I want to deal with this. How can you be accurate in prayer? Uh, I know uh, uh, you heard that I have just uh, started a, a book. We, we've, we've printed a book, and uh, this book is available, Praying with Accuracy. But I want to approach it from a different point of view this morning. And every morning, show you a sight, an idea that uh, will help you to to be more accurate and more specific and understand how the gifts of the Holy Spirit operate in ministry. And so this is a very important week. Mark your calendar, Monday through Fridays at 9 a.m., and uh, I'll be dealing with this. And, and it's a half hour, but I, I, I want to make sure it's worth your time. So if you go into the house in which Peter came in, Peter did several things. Number uh, chapter 9, verse 40, says, Peter put them all, all forth, meaning he asked, uh, he asked that the people that were inside of the, of the house leave the house. And these were widows and women that had been blessed by the ministry of Dorcas. And, uh, and they were, uh, they were in shock, uh, the leader, the city of Leda lost one of its best ministry 
uh, caring person. You know, Dorcas, which uh, uh, Paul called, John, uh, Peter calls uh, Tabitha, which means Dorcas uh, uh, in, in Greek. And so, when, G, when Peter comes in the house, he cleans the environment. And he kneels down and prayed and turning him to the body, meaning that he prayed with his back to the body, and then he turned his back, his face, his front to the body, and said, Tabitha, arise. So as you look at this interaction between a disciple of Jesus and a dead woman, you've got to raise questions on what he prayed. You've got to sort of uh, look at that with more caring and more concern. Uh, uh, there are many examples. Uh, when Jesus looked to the lepers and, and, and said to them, Go show yourselves to the priest. We know that that, that exchange between Jesus and ten lepers uh, had in itself biblical connotations. The, the, the lepers had to deal with the idea of presenting themselves to the priests because the priests, only the priests knew a clean skin from a cancerous or a leopard skin. And so we know that. And so it's obvious that as Jesus told them to do something, as they went, they were healed instantly, in a moment, in a second. And so, does that have a, a connotation, or is there something else there that calls your attention to what today is? Well, definitely there is. For instance, the working of a miracle operates when a person that is involved in prayer moves from point A to point B. Point A to point B. That's got to be a physical movement. Going to a doctor. Going to, going to church. Going to a Bible study. Let, let me give you an example of that. Uh, uh, my wife's been ill now for several, several years. But there's something that happens to her when she's about to go to Atlanta. We have a Bible study. And as she goes, she turns into another person. And so, and so we're going to look at this this week from a perspective of you praying for someone else and how you should see, look, make decisions, and move forward into your prayer. Even before your prayer, you should know several things. You should... Uh, make several decisions, and you should recognize the presence of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit operates, meaning what? Meaning you know how to pray, but the Holy Spirit is the one who needs to be ahead of you praying and doing the work. If you don't recognize what the Holy Spirit is doing, then you might as well just stop, shut up, and just uh, go sell bananas, mainly because you're just falling ahead of the Holy Spirit. So, in the case of Dorcas, Peter uh, Peter did several things. Peter came from Joppa to Lida. Notice that the miracle in Dorcas begun when Peter left left Joppa. The movement from from Joppa to Lida. It must have been, I don't know, about a day's, day's walk. And so you, you, you get the idea that 
the process, when Jesus came and he saw the widow at Nain, the capillary veins in her son that was dead already began to work. And so you have to have a, a mentality to understand that the Holy Spirit is ahead of you, doing things ahead of you, even before you begin to pray for somebody. You know, it's kind of interesting, but I, I never pray for somebody in a hurry. I stalled a lot. We had a meeting with a father and a son here about a week ago, and, and I took about 30 minutes uh, just to soak and to wait on the Lord to tell me what to do and to, and to hear what the Holy Spirit was about to do before I came in the counseling session. And so these are habits that you must create in you in order to expand the accuracy in the results of your prayer life. So let's, uh, let's begin with, uh, uh, let's begin with, uh, with, uh, this morning by looking at, uh, this scripture one more time. It's in, uh, it's in Acts chapter 9, verse 36. There was a, uh, at Joppa, a certain disciple named Tabitha, which was, by interpretation, is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and armed deeds which she did. You're looking at a woman that was very gifted in her skills, arm deeds, and, and of course, good works. Now, that describes the element, the person that's about to receive prayer. Notice that if you look at this woman, uh, that it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died. The idea of being sick and died, it means has a process. Being sick means she was sick for a while, and she came to die. Not that she died. If, if the word says that she died, it simply means it could have been much, much quicker. There wasn't a process between being sick and dying. And so in, in, in terms of illness, in terms of sickness, in terms of need, the need, per se, takes space. It takes time. It takes element. And the healing, per se, begins when there is a need to intervene on the process of being sick. I don't know if, uh, if I'm communicating with you, but let me, let me say it again. Satan operates in time and space. Time, how long it takes to, to solve a problem. In space, what in your mind, in the, the amount of, of activity it occupies, so you become completely engaged into a process that paralyzes you. So Satan operates in, in the time that you are caught and in the after effects of being sick or, or, or the, the amount of days and months and years. Sickness takes time. And so as you approach time and space, you're going to find out that the need, per se, that is before you is going to be dealt by the Holy Spirit in a second time. And so if you know what the Holy Spirit is doing before you get there, that involves time. So when time versus time get together, it begins to clear the space. The Holy Spirit takes time. 
he, he, he works in a situation where he, he is accomplishing time. E- example, let's take a look. When you deal with the word of knowledge, the word of knowledge is, is the revelation about persons, places, events, situations. And these are all the biblical examples that you find when you begin to read uh, John 148, uh, uh, John 4 and Mark 2, 5. Let's take a look at that, and I'll, I'll show you this idea of time and space. Look at uh, John 148 for just a moment, and uh, if you get lost with me, and you're not understanding what I'm saying, uh, you can go ahead and uh, simply uh, call the ministry, or go into the website and play this 30 minutes again, and you begin. But in John 148 is the story of a man called Nathaniel, one of the disciples of Jesus. Let me slip in here for a minute. <laughs> Got to have some coffee. Now, it's a story about Nathaniel. Now, Nathaniel is met by Philip. Now, you're going to begin clocking this because Nathaniel questioned uh, the idea that anything good could come from Nazareth. And the person involved with Nathaniel was a woman, a man that had four daughters that prophesied. Philip of Caesarea. Not Caesarea Philippi, but Caesarea by, by the sea. Philip found Nathaniel. So now you have sort of a, sort of a time element taking place. By the time that Philip found Nathaniel, everything that's going to happen after that is God leading. And you've got to notice that the Holy Spirit is leading Philip. And Philip knows what the Holy Spirit is doing and knows that, uh, there's a process that, that involves time that's about to take place. I told you Satan operates in time and space. And in order for the Holy Spirit to operate, it must move much faster than Satan does. It must accomplish a lot of things in the process of breaking unbelief, unrest, rebellion, anger, the root of bitterness, acridity, acidity, gall, poison, uh, unforgiveness, uh, resentment. It, it's fast. So when Satan operates, it slows down the time. When the Holy Spirit operates, it's a matter of seconds. It's fast. It's not, uh, let's talk about your problem here for a minute. Uh, tell me what year you were born, and let's begin from there. And, uh, and so, it's a psychiatrical approach to need. You know, let's have another sessions, and by the way, pay $100 when you get back there, and we come back again next week and do it again. That's the way, that's the way Satan operates. He takes time, he takes space. How many times I've seen pastors lose hair because they're doing counseling sessions? You know, to talk to Miss Mary about her whole life and listen to everything she's been through since World War II, it, it simply just kills you. You must not allow Satan to rob your time. When the Holy Spirit comes, it's fast, specific, 
to the moment. And it doesn't, you don't have to ask any questions. If you understand how the Holy Spirit operates, you don't have to be hearing or asking questions hour after hour after hour. In other words, the Holy Spirit is much faster. And by the way, you don't want to somehow waste your time on consequences instead of getting to the basic root of the need. And so if you're interested in this, you've got to tune up this week and we begin to talk about it. Let's take a look at Philip. Philip found Nathaniel. Philip was from Bethsaida. And of course, uh, Bethsaida is the house, is the home of Peter also, remember? And, uh, in the city of Andrew and Peter. So, there was something that happened in Bethsaida that brought a lot of fruits. God just, uh, used that village. Uh, uh, Andrew, Peter, Philip, and James, they all came from that little town that we visited in Israel. Uh, when we go there, we're going there in March of the year, by the way, 2018, and we'd like to invite you. Now, look here. Philip found Nathaniel and said unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write. Jesus was really not the son of Joseph due to Mary and due to the virgin birth, but he was referred to this in this manner. For, for obvious reasons. He, he is simply saying, uh, I'm not gonna tell you that Jesus is the, the, the Son of God. I'm gonna tell you that Moses in the law wrote and the prophet wrote, Jesus of Ned, the son of David, son of Joseph. In other words, he could have simply said, I found the Son of God right there. That would just simply not work with Nathaniel. It would simply scare him. So he referred in an earthly way of Jesus, of the one that Moses spoke of, and the prophets wrote about it, uh, uh, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. You see, that there is wisdom here. And uh, Nathaniel said unto him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? So notice that, the wisdom of Philip allowed Nathaniel to, to relate and, and respond. Now, what, what does it mean? It means the Holy, Holy Spirit is doing the work in the life of a believer through someone. There is, the interaction is accurate. The interaction is specific. In other words, whoever is doing knows exactly what's going on and, and knows exactly what to say. Notice that the response was very good. Nothing comes out of uh, out of uh, Nazareth. That city is it's it's empty. There's nobody there. It's a little village, and nobody cares. Philip said unto him, "Okay, come and see." Come and see simply means that Nathaniel is invited to see physically something. Now that's the, uh, that's the amount of, of, of talk and interaction between Philip and the one who became a disciple of Jesus. Now that's, that's the approach of Nathaniel, uh, Philip. 
That's 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 the that's all the talk you're going to get between the two. Is that important? Now, I'm just telling you that when you meet somebody for counseling, you gab for about thirty minutes, and you have to show that person that you are interested in. You're trying to convince them, and you're trying to use arguments. You're trying to present Christ and all of that instead of just knowing that. Something has to be done by the Holy Spirit to change that person completely. And the faster you do it, the better. And so, look at this. Jesus saw Nathaniel. Look, Jesus introduced Nathaniel, Philip introduced Nathaniel to the one from Nazareth and simply said, why don't you come and take a look? That's the amount of talk. And then as soon as that's over, Jesus saw Nathaniel coming to him. Now, now at this point, the Son of God, full of the Holy Spirit, when he saw Nathaniel, he saw everything. Now, do you see how quick this is becoming? I hope I'm getting your attention. This is very quick. And then it says this, okay? Jesus saw Nathanael and said to him, look at this, Behold, which means listen, look, observe, a Israelite indeed in whom there is no guile. What do you mean? It means that the first conversation, the first words of the Son of God to the person in need, to a man called Nathanael was, You have no guile, no deceit in you. That's something in you that impresses me. You are a righteous man, a righteous heart. How can you know? How can you know that this man is in this condition, in, 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 in a very good condition? If the Son of God tells you that there's no deceit in you, or, or you know something, so the question here is this. Why do you talk so much when you meet somebody instead of hearing what the Holy Spirit wants to say about that person? And that's the point of this Bible study. It's real fast. So at this point, I want to stop and put put uh, parenthesis right here and say something to you in a parenthesis just to make sure. If your prayer life has no revelation from the Holy Spirit, you are wasting your prayer time that, that is valuable. You are a very gifted person, a child of God, but you're going around into a long way to get to the core of the need, which takes your time. Satan operates in time and space. He slows you down. It makes you pray for about an hour or talk for about an hour when you could have done in a minute. I hope you're listening. In other words, the Holy Spirit is saying that a revelation from God has to happen in your prayer time or you are taking a lot of time and wasting a lot of time. I'm not saying you're bad. I'm not saying you have no anointing. I'm not saying you're not gift of the Lord. I'm not saying God called you. I'm not saying that you are a precious Christian. What I'm saying is, you're doing your thing outside of the Holy Spirit. 
And if you're doing your thing outside of the Holy Spirit, you got to change. You can't continue to just... Can't do that. This, 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 is a, this is a lot of energy wasted. And so, Jesus says, Behold, a Israelite in whom there is no guile, no deceit. And of course, <laughs> Nathaniel knew who he was. You know, Nathaniel was a fort righteous man. You know, yes, yes, no, no. And Nathaniel said, From where do you know me? How do you know me? I know who I am. I was born and this is the way I am. How do you know that I am? I mean, we hear that all the time. When we begin to pray for people, and, and, and the question was, how do you know this? 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 Who told you this? How do you know this? It's, it's a normal response at every church we go. The reason why is because when a revelation from God comes into a situation, you already have the Holy Spirit moving ahead of you. Now, the parenthesis says, without revelation from the Holy Spirit, your prayer is void. It's talk. I'm not saying you're bad. I'm not saying you're no good. I'm not saying you're not an anointed Christian. I'm not saying that you, God called that you are saved by grace. You are a blessing to the world. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that you talk a lot. And if you talk a lot, then you can't hear God. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this wonderful day. And as we come before your glorious face in this situation we are in today, and God, we thank man, you're just covering the stars of the earth and everybody else. Inside of you, there's a person that wants to hear from God, and you're taking your space. You're taking the time. Satan operates in time and space to where the time takes a long time, and the space is long, and you do very little for the Lord because you deny the presence of the Holy Spirit. We begin tomorrow again. I hope that you tune up to be with us. Am I on time here? Huh? And, uh, and we meet tomorrow again to do this again. I hope you tune in. I'm Rick Bonfim. It's a privilege, privilege to be with you today.